Welcome to the Veterinary Project Podcast, episode 113. Welcome to the show created by vets featuring absolutely no pets. This is the Veterinary Project Podcast, created by Dr. Michael Bug and Dr. Jonathan Light. Our resident veterinarians have swapped out their stethoscopes in favor of microphones to bring you the Veterinary Project Podcast, a show focused on real conversations aimed to connect this amazing profession full of remarkable people. Through the sharing of collective stories and wisdom and connecting over the many unique challenges we face, we invite you to join our community of veterinary professionals leading intentional lives. And now, let's get started with another episode of the Veterinary Project Podcast. Welcome back to the Veterinary Project Podcast. You are joined by Dr. Michael Bug, Dr. Jonathan Light, Mikey to the B. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. You haven't dropped a Mikey to the B in a long time. You know that's what, dude? You got to switch it up. You got to switch it up. That's, that's like school. That's vet school days. Today is all about how to be a rock star in life and short versus long game. And when it comes to Mikey B, you've been running this since the start. Okay. I like it. Well, thank you. A lot of probably too much credit there, but I'll, I'll play a rock star for 20 or 30 minutes here. It almost sounded like I was going to go into a rap or a poem for you. And believe me, that is not something I know how to do. <laughs> so, I would love to see you rap. That would be <laughs> one of my favorite things. In future, at some point, that won't be a recording on a podcast. I'll guarantee you that. Yeah, that is the, uh, that is the after party at, at some veterinary conference once the clock passes 1 a.m. That's exactly. Hey, one of our partners was actually just chatting. She was at uh, the Long Branch in Saskatoon during the day recently. And she said, it looks a lot different than it does when you remember it back in the day in the evening hours or the oh, twilight yeah. of the mornings. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good times. In Saskatoon. What was the other one? The Scuzz is, is bulldozed. It's not well, even the there. Scuzz is down. That's, the Scuzz is where Candace and I met the first time. The quality. That's where everyone met the first time. <laughs> Oh, good times. Look at how we always, we already digress. Before we get into conversation today, what's shaking on your way? Oh, well, trying to get back into the office here following baby fog. Um, a lot. I won't go into detail, like details too much. Um, I've been working on an apartment building. And when you're buying large commercial assets, you have to do environmental assessments, right? To make To make sure there's no contamination. And we did what's called a phase one and it failed. That's not the end of the world because you can go on to a phase two where they take soil samples and check it. But the seller, in my opinion, is being fairly shady and they have a contact and they've magically now produced a new phase one that has passed. <laughs> so and there's a stamp on it and everything. <laughs> so it's, it is a really... Uh, this is the first time I've experienced this. Um, and it's unfortunate because we've done a lot of work on this deal. But I mean, the amount of liability, in my opinion, I'm not a lawyer, the amount of liability you would be taking on to go forward with this new report that has appeared uh, would, would be large. So anywho, that deal is probably going to fall apart, which is very frustrating because that's all. there's been months of work to get to this point. But 
this is an episode in itself because really at the end of the day, from my outside perspective, never having heard this before, it sounds like you've got a trust issue. Well, sure, I guess. I mean, because you do have paperwork in front of you, it sounds like that says, hey, phase one's complete. We've got an approval. Well, it's not that simple because I'm the buyer. I'm the one that has to go to the bank and to the brokers and say, hey, give me millions of dollars. I've satisfied these conditions such as an environmental. And it's like, there's there's absolutely no way that I'm going to go with that report. Like, I'll just walk away from the deal because I know there's a report that says this failed. Like, I don't, again, not a lawyer. This is not legal advice. I haven't ran this past my lawyer yet. I would think that would be borderline mortgage fraud. For sure. Right? Again, yep. So I guess the lesson in here is a lot of people in this world do things a lot of different ways. That'll be the, the very nice way that I can uh, sum that up. And sometimes it's unfortunate. <laughs> True. But you're catching it and you're looking into it early and you're not putting yourself in the situation where later down the road you might be in trouble. Kind of sounds like what we're talking about today. You want to be a rock star in life. What do you need to do to set yourself up to be a rock star? Yeah, you, so, you comb through 70-page environmental reports. That's what rock stars do. <laughs> That's a, on, yeah, on top of the ballots and singing and rapping that they do on the side. So let's talk about this. In a previous episode, we spoke about the short game and the long game, looking at what are short-term opportunities and also places where, hey, you might want to take advantage of a situation to the good or the bad, but then in future, how that's going to hurt you in the long run. So if you want to be a rock star in life, and that's our theme of the day, Mike, short-term, long-term games, short-term opportunities, and we're going to relate this to veterinary medicine and life in general. So for those of you that aren't interested, yeah, it might be time to turn it off. Otherwise, let's get into the action. <laughs> let's start with the short-term, Mike. We're looking at opportunities. We're speaking about investments, opportunities financially, as well as life and health and wealth. Where do you start us off? Good question. So in the current environment, so October 2022, uh, where the economy is currently a lot of uncertainty out there, a lot of fear, depending how closely you follow it. It's interesting because the veterinary profession is so... Um, resistant, like recession, res I'm not going to say proof, but recession resistant, a lot of our listeners may not even be feeling this at all, right? Because like they're, they're, you get as many shifts as you want at the, at, at any clinic you want right now, because things are just screaming busy. The as rest well, due to a shortage of individuals in the veterinary profession, it means that less have to do more right now, which means again, to the comment of needing a job anywhere, you do have that opportunity uh, yeah. in 2022 that didn't exist in previous years for sure. Yeah. Um, so with sort of that said, I would say the number one thing people can do as an advantage in the short term, which will help you in the long term, but is build your skills. Like in a recession, in periods of high inflation, the number one like asset is your level of skill and your value that you can bring to a situation. 
because no one can take that from you. The government can't inflate it away from you. They can't tax it away from you, right? If you go and add another skill in your toolbox or you already have the skill in your toolbox, you just take it a few levels deeper and you become the best, like in whatever city you're in, whatever pet problem I have, if let's, I'll say dentist, cause it's just a niche on top of my head. If you're the go-to, you've built a moat around yourself. You're insulated. So if things turn down and start dipping and demand starts to wane, you're going to be sort of the last on the list to go. So let's take that a step further then. If you are new, something you mentioned in a previous episode is working to earn versus working to learn. You're speaking about it from a working to learn perspective, if I'm hearing correctly, in gaining that skill and experience where you then are protected. You've built that mode around you. How do you take that in this day and age from your perspective? I'm putting you on the fly here and say, I've learned this. I'm the best there is at dentals, as an example, or dental profies, cohats, whichever way you'd like to describe them in today. Uh, what do you do with that, though? Are you putting that on a resume? Are you sharing that on Instagram? What are you doing to show that you've gained that experience? Again, putting you on the fly. Yeah. Okay. We are in uncharted waters here. I would say the first thing that pops in my head is uh, the, ver- the, the second that you have the mentality where you're like, I'm the best. That's a problem. That is a, like, it's good to be confident. Do not get me wrong. You want to be confident in your skills, but you can constantly be improving and learning on them. So, you know, saying you're the best in air quotes there, um, that would be a problem if you start coasting. I would say it doesn't matter how many years you've been a veterinarian, the way things change, you can always build on it. So it doesn't matter if you're- Some of the best vets, I would say, that are the most experienced, the most qualified are still learning and still put themselves, not down, but they put themselves at a level of going, I want to gain more. I want to gain that experience. But they're at a point also, they're, they're working to earn. They're, they're at a salary base that is- Yeah, but you can do above. both. Like it's Start not right it's not an either or, right? Um, and then the last thing you said, how do you put yourself out there? I mean, this is going to be personal preference. I'm, this is me personally. I'm just a big believer in letting, you know, your work and your track record speak for you. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not so much of a, you know, on Instagram sort of banging my chest and like, and that's fine to do. I'm not knocking that. Um I look at it more of, I don't have a personal brand. I have a personal reputation, right? And I just try to keep building that reputation. And it's, I think Buffett has a saying where it's like, it takes a lifetime to, to build and you can destroy it instantly. Um, you know, and people, people know the veterinary community knows like who, who gets out. Yeah. It's a small world. So. Interesting fact and interesting story just to what's happened here recently uh, at our clinic here in Calgary is that we had a veterinary technologist apply. Um, We've got a number that have applied. And in this particular situation, um, that individual um, has provided now a locum rate, which is way above the norm. And this individual is new in the profession. And it's unfortunate because I think this person would do well in our clinic but based on experience and where they are, they've put themselves out of the market. And because of supply and demand, somewhere along the way, they've heard or they have heard that, you know, whether it's GP, Emerge, et cetera, that they can get this rate as an example. And both rate and skill set would say, this person is not worth it. I would have rather they come in lower 
be able to show that over time and then again, grow into that rate. It's an interesting dilemma because I'm doing a speaking um, session this weekend at the Veterinary Financial Summit where one of my slides is, do you show the value and ask for it later? Do you ask for it up front? And it's a balance of the both. But this person, again, in short-term pain has gone too far the other way where my answer back was, well, that's an easy no. It's so far out of what we can go without, uh, and also not respecting the business is going, I, I can't pay that. I can't come close to paying that. I hope you get it elsewhere. And if you do, please understand the value that, that comes with that ask. I hate doing this to our listeners because it's like, that is another full episode. And that's like, I've, we got to dive into that. Um, and that's the, like, I, I don't know anything of the situation you're talking about, but it, it relates back to, you know, if things start to shift, wherever they land, they're probably near the top. Like, it, you know, on, if layoffs ever had to come around or like demand wanes or whatever, you know, you could put yourself in that position where you're, first on that list. The economics still have to matter. For sure. Yeah. Other, okay. other than that, um, sorry, one last thing I want to say on short term, other than building your skills, um, is kind of getting getting liquid slash now is the time if you're a side hustler to side hustle. It, 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 Why? In my, in my, Why? In my opinion, because when you look at sort of macro right now, macroeconomics. Um, if you follow, say, the stock market, I have, again, not financial advice, I have no clue if the stock market has bottomed. All that I know is January 6th, 2020, 22, depending on what stock you're following, it could have been as much as double what it is now. Like it, it maybe has dropped 50%. Some have dropped more, you know, depending what stock we're picking. So if you liked, say, Apple, you know, at a at a really high price, you must really love it when it's on sale. So if you can go and side hustle in whatever your side hustle lane is, whether it's picking up more veterinary shifts or something totally unrelated, earning that capital and then deploying it into your favorite investment, it kind of counts as double as long as you have the patience to wait it out and realize you might not have timed the bottom. There could be more pain to come, right? But it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter. Like the side hustling in a recession is like, like supercharging. Correct. And by no means are we giving financial advice, and by no means are we saying that we're in a recession or not. But all the indicators would say, even though consumer spending is very strong now, uh, the workforce is the strongest it's been in many, many a year. There are still some. Uh, headwinds definitely in in your periphery without a doubt. Yeah, I mean, the simplest way of looking at it, say you're a fan of just dollar cost averaging in in the the stock market index. We're not speculating to say that the index has fallen. And so if your strategy is dollar cost average, cool, stick to that. But why not double down in the low times? Like, you know, we know it's lower than it was. That's a fact. We're going to have to do another episode because I'm guessing that there are a number of people that have no idea what you're talking about for dollar cost averaging. Maybe. I don't know. Okay. So I'm going to add to that in the short term as well, too. We've seen interest rates uh, continuing to climb and every expectation that they will continue to climb. Uh, Debt and the provisions of debt in earning your education and then afterwards going out and buying the non-Maserati Maseratis. 
What's your view? Take on debt in this time frame. Don't take on debt. Pay it off. Maintain it. Again, one, two people's opinions. Yeah. Nah. This is a tricky one because I'm probably one of the most pro-debt people you'll find. Um, I would imagine me and Dave Ramsey would not get along, would be my guess. I, I don't really like, I don't follow his stuff that much, but speculating there. Um, and just for anybody who doesn't know Dave Ramsey, he, I believe if he's still on the same bet, is on zero debt policy. Pay off your mortgage, pay off everything. Do not carry debt. Debt is bad. It's the devil. Off we go. Yeah. So, and and on that front, I totally agree with him in terms of consumer debt. That's like crap you put on your credit card that you don't really like, don't need, don't carry high interest rate balances. I wouldn't go so far as to say no debt because we still, this gets complex. And I know we're going to, we're, we're going to try and tap on Isaiah to come back on here and help make this make more sense is it still stands to reason. If you can borrow money at a rate lower than you can earn money, you're still coming out ahead. And if you can borrow money at a rate that's lower than inflation, you're still coming out ahead. But in this current environment, it is coming with a lot of uncertainty because, you know, we know in air quotes, everything that the Fed is projecting is that rates are going up. I mean, you know, we don't know that they're going up until they officially go up, but the consensus is that they are. So I would say, even as one of the most pro-debt people you will ever find, that's what I have number one on my list in the short term to avoid is over leverage. Like, over leverage will will smoke you and bankrupt you quickly. We didn't even carry the same. We didn't even carry our pre-recording notes as we normally do. And I was the exact same. I've got debt in there in terms of increased interest rates. And you named it. If the arbitrage isn't there in terms of being able to borrow and make more than what that borrowing rate is, you're done. Yeah. With, he, with Matt, like buffer, right? So the real estate deals I'm looking at right now, um, I'm adding so much buffer in there. And I'm I'm refusing to put myself in a situation, you know, in, in the real estate world, they talk about a burr, which is like you buy something, you renovate it, you refinance it, and then you rent it. But in the middle of that, to get that complete, you typically have to take on what's called a bridge loan, right? That's where it's like, okay, my apartment building is half empty and beat up. So the bank won't give you a long-term loan. They're going to give you a short-term loan at higher interest rates. Right. But if you put yourself in that position where it's like, okay, one year from now, I have to come back to a lender of some sort and say, please give me more money. Right. And I don't know where those interest rates are going to be. You could, you could literally paint yourself into a corner and it's like, that's it. It's game over because the interest rates have moved up to a point that makes the debt unserviceable. So, anyway, all of that is to say, like, yeah, right now, do not be over leveraging. But I, I'm still like debt in the right spot still can work. Excellent. Excellent. Okay, let's move on. We're going to go to long term. So you want to be a rock star in life. What do some long term options provide for in terms of making that a more likely possibility? Okay. I'm making you go first here. I feel like I've been talking too much. Plus, I want right. to draw Perfect. Well, when I think of long-term, I think about this as in the veterinarian stances, we are slowly earning, and, and we're not there yet to the rate that I think a veterinarian deserves to earn, and deserves is the wrong word, um, can earn based on the value that they perform. And I think we still have a ways to go there. And what I mean by that in the long-term is creating a base salary if you are an employee 
where you earn enough salary to cover off the basis of your life. If you can do that in a role that you're loving and you're, you're great with, then fantastic. The second piece of that then is hopefully you then created enough of a, um, a cash reserve, an investment reserve where you can then go to own businesses, where then you've got the ability to then put some money aside and start being an owner in businesses that have an ability to pay in a different bracket than what a salary will ever allow for. So in, in my perspective, rockstar long-term, when we're talking from a financial standpoint, financial independence, where you have more money coming in passively or as a direct result of ownership stake compared to your day-to-day financial needs. And I see that once you've hit that base, you've, you've, you've got your salary looked after, et cetera, being able to move into an ownership field to me is the next step. And long-term then being able to take it even further and earn all of those immediate and future needs based on investing income. And to me is the, the, uh, the, the ideal where you've hit that rock star Emmy, Emmy awards, whatever the awards that the rock stars make these days, um, where you, you're earning all your income from investing in that investment income. I think that, to me, is a long-term game. But it takes time. It takes continued patience. And it takes also, in some cases, taking some risks and going out there. And I'm speaking personal, where you see yourself in a place that's got a lot of vision, a lot of future, a lot of white space in an area that you might have that expertise that others don't. Mm-hmm. This is interesting. It's funny because we didn't compare pregame notes here. And I really only have one point uh, on this and that's patience. Um, You know, and so I agree with a lot of what you said there. When I look at how I'm positioning myself here for the long term, um, what's what's the saying? Don't just do something, stand there. That's what I'm doing right now. What is this? You've never heard that before. No. Yeah, I'm saying it correctly. It just sounds weird. Don't don't just do something, stand there. So in relation to investments, what I'm doing is I'm being patient. On the real estate side, like interest rates are rising. You know, in theory, that should mean the cap rates are rising and the value of the buildings are coming down. So what I'm doing right now is I'm trying to position myself and get liquid, have access to cash. And no one knows when this will come, but sometime maybe in 2023, I anticipate there is going to be some amazing real estate opportunities available, right? And then in that time, I'm going to you know, take massive amounts of action. And I mean, if one came up now, I would take action on it. But you know, macro, I think the time is to just hold. Um, going over to what you said, I, I am a, a massive believer, obviously, in you that you should not only rely on your paycheck right and so what you spoke about in having some form of business ownership or investment ownership i totally agree and i i think you know you're we're coming into a time where those initial seed money investments are going to have a really good opportunity long term long term being the key there because it's it's when it feels the worst, you know, like, and it is, and I like, I pretty much spent all of my time studying like the emotions of investing 
And even I'm starting to have a few little cracks where I'm like, holy man. Like, we talk about this. We talk about this offline a decent amount. Yep. Uh, yeah. And it's like, and they talk about that being like capitulation. You know, and I'm not saying we're there yet. We could, it could definitely have a lot more to go, you know, but that's the point when everyone just throws in the towel and they're like, I'm done, you know, screw this, screw the stock, whatever their investment is, I'm out. And it's like, it, you know, yourself. Yep. Knowing yourself, knowing what your risk tolerance is, knowing what you can take on, all part of becoming a rock star in the long term. And that's growth, wisdom, learning, experience, opportunity, mentorship, growth, more learning after that, et cetera. What I think we've also failed to mention in part of being a rock star in life and veterinary medicine is the whole other part of it, which is non-financial. So it would behoove us not to mention that there's way more important things to life than just finances. They provide a means, but there's still everything else, which is health, which is, uh, you know, believe in faith or, or spirituality. It is your family. It is your own personal uh, growth, which is outside of finances, everything that goes into um, life, family connections, friends, etc. So that's for a different episode, but one that we don't have time to talk about today. Just a antidote on that. So Rosalie, obviously home, um, she runs her own business and fresh off having a baby. And then we kept Riley home for a few days just because it's exciting and she wants to be around. And uh, I think R Rosalie, Ethan and Riley all went for a, like a long sort of late morning afternoon walk. And the weather's been just beautiful here. No normally she would be, be working. And she came back in and we were discussing it. Like they were gone for like two hours. And she was like, this is what I want. She's like, like, you know, we, I haven't, she hadn't spent that much time with Riley, like in that sort of setting where it's just like, we're just totally connecting. We're not worried about emails. Like work is just kind of on pause. And it's like, we were, we had a good discussion about like that, that, that didn't require money to go do that. Like there needs to be some level of financial security where you, where you have the time to go do that, but you don't, you don't have to be a multimillionaire. You don't have to be a billionaire to do that. And what's, what's so interesting is like, I, sometimes I think people will put a dollar amount to, to this dream life that they're trying to accomplish in their head. And they will, that dollar amount will continually push. And that will, that in a way gives us kind of an excuse to never have to take the step into our dream lifestyle, right? Because it's like, that is scary. Like it is scary to make a make big shifts like that. Right? I love so that you brought that up. I love that you brought that up in the concept. And if, you know, there's anything that we've discussed today, it's not having a dollar amount. It's to the lifestyle and everything else that you're creating as a result of all of those long-term pieces that you're putting together. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. I'm, this is so full of my own personal bias, like, totally. but that's what you get. That's the beauty of being on the Veterinary Project podcast is <laughs> you're still here this long. You're listening. Yeah. So that, for me, that's what it's about is the lifestyle, right? But. Excellent. Okay. Well, we are overdue for time. Uh, more pieces of that puzzle to come in future episodes. Appreciate, as always, uh, my, my rock star in crime and partner in crime over there, Dr. Mikey Bug. Thanks for joining us today. Cheers. 
Thank you for listening to the Veterinary Project Podcast. As a recap, on behalf of our hosts, the Veterinary Project Podcast will be releasing new episodes weekly. So be sure to tune in as we bring you more conversations aimed at helping you enjoy a life well lived. If you enjoyed what you heard on the show and you want to stay in the know, please like, love, and or subscribe to the podcast on the listening platform of your choosing, as we're available on all the usual suspects. If you know of others that may benefit from these conversations, we'd love it if you please share the show with them, as this will help us grow our community to reach more and more veterinary professionals. Speaking of which, if you are a veterinary professional and would like to get connected with more like-minded individuals who are joining us on this journey, please send an email to the Veterinary Project Podcast at gmail.com, and we'll invite you to be a part of our private Facebook group general feedback, requests for information, or perhaps requests to be a guest on the show can also be sent to the Veterinary Project Podcast at gmail.com. Dr. Michael Bug and Dr. Jonathan Light, thank you for listening to the show, and we'll catch you again next week for another episode of the Veterinary Project Podcast. Bye for now. Bye for now.